bringing you news and updates from the Alliance of American Football, your source for everything Memphis, with your hosts, Dan and Michelle. This is Memphis AAF. And welcome to another edition of Memphis AAF, for now. What do you mean for now? Well, obviously, we're going to be changing the name pretty soon. Oh, you made it sound like we're going away. (laughs) Yes, uh, this is our last episode. What? No, no, you can't stop at this stupid-ass express train. Next week, we are starting the very new endeavor of Express Yourself. Ugh. Poetry about football. (laughs) What does that even sound like? I don't know. It's going to be a mixture of haikus and just like... um, the 50 styles beat poetry snaps all around mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so this is going to be a fan supported endeavor so please send in your poetry that you've been working on cut the shit okay i'm michelle this is daniel what up guys and we are here to talk about some motherfucking football hell yeah bro very busy week for news actually <laughs> apparently so we were prepping for this episode and dance like we have a lot to talk about and it makes me a little nervous but let's get into it all right so the first thing i want to talk about is once again the cfl is Feeling the some pain from the presence of the AAF. You know what's kind of funny is I feel like we alternate. One week the CFL is cool with the AAF. Another week they are like there's competition there. I feel like it's a little bit back and forth. When do you feel that the CFL has ever been cool with AAF? When they were helping each other out with contracts or something. I feel that was more mutually beneficial. They're trying to protect themselves so that way they don't lose players to the AAF. But they're back on bad terms. Uh, I don't know that they're ever on good terms. (laughs) And it's not like there's direct competition. Obviously, the two leagues do not play together. Right, right. So like for viewership, there's no um, there's no competition, but it's just player acquisition. Right. So many more players want to play for the AAF. To, To explain what we're talking about here, the number one overall pick in the CFL draft. Uh, was a guy named Mark Chapman. He's a wide receiver. Okay. And he decided he was drafted by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And he decided not to play for the CFL and actually signed with the Salt Lake Stallions. Ouch. Yeah. Number one overall pick. And he went to the Stallions. Yeah. Damn. So one, that's awesome because the number one overall pick obviously is not some scrub. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> we don't want no scrubs. And it just shows how desirable, despite absolutely no precedent. Because the AAF hasn't even had a practice yet. Right. And yet these players are choosing that over the long established CFL. Well, it just kind of proves our predictions and uh, speculations that the AAF is going to be taken more seriously because it's NFL style football. Yeah, exactly. It's a better chance for these players. Yep. And a little bit more money. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah. So we've got. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Did you say Tiger Cats? The Hamilton Tiger Cats. That's adorable. I feel like we've talked about them on the show before. And you had the same. God, you had the same exact <laughs> reaction. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> okay, sorry. Next, what are we talking about? Roster updates for the Express. Okay. What? <laughs> Nothing. Well, apparently, that's comical. Everything you say is comical. So we assigned chaining dribbling. Uh, I was looking over your shoulder again this week. I do that a lot. Maybe you didn't know. Um, anyway, and you were typing Channing, and I was like, what is Dan about to Google with Channing Tatum? <laughs> like, what in your world has to do with Channing Tatum? And then you put in Stribbling, and I was like, oh, nope, not Channing Tatum. Nope, nope. He's a defensive back from the University of Michigan. Ooh, did he play for uh, Harbaugh? I don't know. We should ask him. We should ask him. Channing, if you're listening, you know, come on the show. Let us talk about your time at Michigan. And welcome to Memphis. Welcome to Memphis. 
And then the other player that we signed is Andrew East. Wait, wait, wait. That's uh, Sean Johnson's husband, yeah? Yeah. She's an Olympic gymnast. Yep. So her husband just signed with the team. Cool. Do you think she'll be here? How cool would that be? If I get to hang out with Sean Johnson. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she also competed on Disney with the Stars, too. Maybe one. I don't know. Anyway, what does Andrew East do? He is a long snapper. What is that? Out of all the positions, it's probably the least known and <laughs> least respected and least glorious out of any position in football. Right. Because like you don't draft for that in fantasy football. No. <laughs> and at least on previous versions of Madden, I think Madden 19 has it listed, but it wasn't even a position that you like signed on your team. It was, Wow. See, so unimportant. Anyway. So a little bit of backstory. The long snapper is not an official position like in the NFL rules. Okay. They're listed as like a tight end or something like that. But the only thing they do is the long snaps. And Which that's is for a punt? For punts and field goals and extra points All in right. the NFL. It's kind of like a kicker. It's like you don't have a whole lot of time to shine. But when it's your time, like you got to not fuck up. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit if you're perfect. But you make one mistake and you're a villain. Or five. What? Wasn't there that kicker this year who made who missed oh. like five kicks in a game? Yeah. I can't remember what team that was. But yeah. Poor dude. With long snappers, it's even worse because even with kickers and punters, if you have a really good performance, it shows. With a long snapper, your best performance is you not fucking up. <laughs> so don't fuck up. But the thing is, like, it is a skill position. It's like not everybody can go out there and do that. Right. And and don't you have to have laces out? Laces in? Well, that part is up to the holder. Oh, the holder, the place yeah. holder. Okay, okay, okay. But he's got to snap the ball backwards like 10 yards yeah I, I was actually just thinking like could i do that i know i couldn't it'd go everywhere i tried to like when we played intramural football in uh in school like it was not something i could do because immediately as soon as you snap the ball you had to get up and block oh true true yeah so welcome to the team andrew can't wait to see you on the field and hopefully meet your wife <laughs> <laughs> and then another signing not on the roster but in the coaching staff we finally got an offensive coordinator. I have a funny story about this. About the coordinator or is there something else? Something else. All right. Well, let's hear it. Okay. So Dan posted his picture with the Express. And the, it's a cool graphic he does for new roster updates and coaches and stuff. And the picture that he used for this offensive coordinator, whose name is? Hal Mume. Okay. The picture that he used, I don't know if this is like how his face is every day. But in this picture in particular, he looks like if you were watching a kid's movie, he's like the grumpy stepdad. I mean, he's just he looks really mean. He looks like he could be a stunt double for Gary Busey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And honestly, like <laughs> I want that kind of uh, attitude on the sideline, that scary face. Sure, sure. But when I came across it on social media, that graphic that you made. I accidentally sent it to the team instead of you. <laughs> and I said, he looks mean. So <laughs> then I immediately had to send a follow-up message to the team. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to send that to you. They didn't respond, but hopefully they, hopefully they get a kick out of it. <laughs> I, I hope so. But he does look mean. Anyway, I hope he's a good coach. Yeah. So we'll talk about him a little bit later on. Because we're actually going to talk about the coaches today. I still don't believe you. I don't believe you. How long have we been saying we're going to talk about coaches? It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. All right. I, I, I still think that somehow something's going to come up while we're recording and we're never going to get to it. We'll see. And then Memphis has waived two players. What does that mean? Uh, they are cut from the team. Do they still get a paycheck? Oh, how does that work with the league? Because they're signed to the league, right? Yeah. But I Memphis waived them? Right. 
So that means that any other team can pick them up? Yeah, so they're free agents, and they're free to sign with any team in the alliance. So linebacker Dwayne Eugene was allocated to Memphis because he played for Arkansas. Okay. So now he's free to sign with any of the other seven teams. Gotcha. And then Demodric Tucker is a running back who was unallocated in the first place. Is just now free to sign with anybody. So do we know the status of their contracts? Do they still have contracts with the AAF? Or does that mean that there's no contract and that they're just completely free agents available for anyone to pick them up? I think the second part. Okay. So this brings me to my question and the issue that I've brought up before with the allocation process. Do we know when players can be released? I have no idea. So in case my question wasn't clear... With the allocation process, let's say someone played for LSU that Memphis doesn't want to sign. Well, at this point, no one else can sign them because they still haven't been like, quote unquote, released by the Express. Correct. So, okay, that's just my frustration with the process. Yeah. So I I like that they're doing the allocation process, but I feel like they should have released everybody before now. Yeah, because like we've said before, rosters are pretty much full. I mean, Memphis has freaking how many people, especially with these two (laughs) new signings? Based on the website, they're sitting at 88 players. And we have to have, what, it's got to be down to 50 by the time the season comes around? Yeah. 50 players. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have some depth and, like, we're going to go to practice and we're going to see how these players go. And it's going to be good to have, like I said, some depth there. But there's going to be 30 guys that are going to not have a job come February 9th. Yeah. That's hard. But I think it's better than not signing them because at least they're getting a shot to participate in training camp and they're they're going to be going to training camp in front of all the teams for most of them they'll at least have a chance to put on a show for the other teams so whenever they do get cut they're still in the minds of these other teams So whenever something happens they need another player they're on your mind yeah whereas if they were never signed then they're you know back where they were before any of this started sure sure but it is frustrating that there's so many players out there whose allocated team doesn't want them but they're stuck Right. Wait, and we have, wait, what? not 80. Aren't there 90 guys on the team? Okay, so sitting at 88, but then the league recently signed Scott Tolson and Christian Hackenberg. Hackenberg. There's a there's a nickname there. Somebody on Twitter was like, I don't know. Do you think he can hack it in this league? Ugh. <laughs> Too corny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris. <laughs> so Scott Tolson is definitely allocated to Memphis because his college wasn't allocated, but he played for the Colts last, which is allocated allocated to Memphis. Okay. And then Christian Hackenberg last played on the Bengals practice squad, which would allocate him to Memphis if the AAF counts the practice squad. But if it was the last time he was on a roster, then that'd be in Oakland. So he'd be allocated to San Diego. So he's either allocated to San Diego or allocated to Memphis. But does it even really matter? Because we've got a QB draft coming up and they can either pick or protect anyone. So the first part of the first round is only players that are allocated to them. Oh, so if they want Hackenberg, then it would be good for him to be allocated here so they can protect him. Gotcha. Okay, so I see the benefit in him being allocated here. Yeah, that was my first thought. Well, since the draft's coming up, there's no real reason to allocate anybody. But there is because that affects who they can protect. Right. And if Hackenberg is allocated to Memphis, that brings our total QB count to 10. Which is ridiculous. More than anybody. That's, I guess the schools that are allocated to us just have the best quarterbacks. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> cool. But if we can only protect one, then... Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I put a poll out of who the fans think we should protect. Mm-hmm. And it came down to... So the first poll was before Tolson and Hackenberg were signed. Okay. And it came down to Alejandro Benefield. Okay. Uh, Austin Allen. 
Yeah. And Zach Mettenberger was number one. Excuse you, Metten Bacon Cheeseburger. My apologies, Zach. I know you love that name, so forgive me, please. <laughs> but then it was pretty close between Mettenberger and Austin Allen on Twitter. So I put another poll with the other two, and it was overwhelmingly Mettenberger and Hackenberg. But Mettenberger was number one. Really? So the fans are saying Mettenberger. All right. Well, I guess we'll see how this goes. Yeah. So Will Lewis, we know you're listening. The fans have spoken. Okay, so we potentially have 90 players on the roster, yeah, which is great for the NFL because their offseason roster is 90. However, the last I read, the AAF is 75 during the offseason. You're only allowed 75 and we have potentially 90? Yeah. So either Memphis is breaking the rules, badass, <laughs> the roster limits are not yet in place, or or the roster is not accurate. Well, all of these are possible. Yeah. And I know the roster is not completely accurate because they haven't updated it with the two that were signed that we mentioned earlier, and the two that were waived, let alone the two quarterbacks. So it's not 100% accurate, but are there eight players that have been waived, but it just hasn't been announced or updated on the roster? Interesting. Yeah. And then just based on our QB count, if they're not counting the quarterbacks because of the drafts, they're not really signed necessarily to us yet. Right. Um, that would be 80 players, which is still five over the limit. Right. The alleged limit. Hmm. Yeah, questions. Charlie, uh, just reach out to me on email if you want to kind of <laughs> comment on these things. Or Will Lewis. Or Will Lewis. Answers. So we potentially have 90 players signed to our roster, but are we still missing a kicker? Okay, so that's that's the question. <laughs> yes, so if you it remember, is my question. <laughs> so if you remember way back in episode one, I talked about the possibility that they would, because of the fewer players on the roster, they might double up on the kicking duties between the punting and field goals. Episode one seems like a lifetime ago. Oh, my goodness. It was. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. We were so young and naive back then. <laughs> so that brings me to my point is that we do have Josh Jasper, who we recently signed. From LSU? Yeah. All right. And by the way, he's got such a good support behind him. So I always like um, I try to I'm working through the roster, making the player cards like we mentioned earlier. And when I posted his, that's probably like the most engagement I've gotten on Instagram. And it was all like his friends and families are like cheering him on. That's what I think, again, is going to make this league so successful with local talent is they'll be here at the games and supporting their their dudes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Josh Jasper is going to have a whole section to himself. And it was actually funny you say that because I was looking through the Facebook group earlier and someone posted and said, like, how did you hear about Memphis Express? What brought you here? And there were like three or four people that commented and said that it was their son or their their friend's son or something like that. So, yeah. So that's when going back to the allocation is one of the strengths of it. Right. Is that local pride. Okay, so Josh Jasper. So <laughs> so in college, he was a place kicker. Okay. And that's the ones that do the field goals and extra points. Yeah. However, on the Memphis roster, he's listed as a punter. Hmm, interesting. So if he's listed as a punter, but he also has place kicker experience, could they be doubling up on that position? But aren't those different skills? Or can it be mashed into one like i know they are specific skills and maybe we can reach out to um garrett berg to see what his take is on it and i did ask him whenever on his episode i think it was episode three when i interviewed him but the only thing i can think of was way back when the niners was so bad that the punter got worn out mm -hmm. and so they had to bring on our place kicker to do the punts oh wow yeah so i think it's definitely possible but as Garrett mentioned in his interview, like the ability to punt the ball where you want it exactly is a skill that I don't know if place kickers have worked on. Right. So I would think we still need a punter, but I don't know. I'm not in charge of the roster. Well, definitely not. 
For sure. That's probably a really good idea on their part. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> so speaking of an inflated roster. Oh, yeah. Koshay has announced that there will be an open tryout. More players. Yeah. But it is cool, though, to give more people a shot. Yeah. Like, because if the, um, what was the thing called? Where all the people went? Combine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the combine filled up so fast. Yeah. And if you didn't know, or if you just recently found out about this league, I mean, what the fuck are you doing? But otherwise, this still gives you a shot, you know, to yeah. impress the impress the people. Yeah, because like the league is still getting out there. And the combines before they really started any sort of advertising campaign. Yeah. So now like a lot of people are finding out about it coming on. And this gives them a shot to at least have a chance. Now, is this trial just for Memphis or is this for the entire league? I read earlier, like a while back, that after the combines, it'll be up to the teams to hold individual tryouts. Okay. So I'm assuming this is just going to be for Memphis. And no information has been announced about it, just that there will be open tryouts at some point at a future date. So stay tuned for that. As soon as we hear anything, we're going to post about it. So make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. I don't know about all. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is where we're at. What other ones are there? Pinterest is somewhat social media. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, is Vero still a thing? What? No. Snapchat? Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a thing for the youths. <laughs> <laughs> we are showing our age right now. <laughs> oh, and we're now on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, it's just, I'm just posting our episodes, uh-huh. just the audio. So if you're listening to this, you probably have no interest in it. However... Still subscribe because we are going to be doing like news videos and different content over there. I think game day vlogs will be fun. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Kind of a a first person view of what's going on in the hub. Yeah. With the flight crew. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of. Yeah. We proposed uh, an idea for the flight crew. Well, it hasn't been. Well, I guess I technically did. I was talking to Luke, but Luke doesn't have much of a say in this area. That's true. So we're putting it out there. Cochet. Uh, we need, um, what are they called? Oh, shoot. It's like those lights that when you're at the airport and they're directing the planes, it's those orange things that you see. Those light batons. Yeah. That they like direct traffic. But how cool would that be to like all of us in the hub to have those and like have cheers and chants with them and like certain dance moves or yep. try to, you know, distract players or something. Yes. I don't know. When the opposing team is trying to score a field goal, we can be waving around our light batons. But wouldn't they be at the other end? Well, they switch back and forth. So eventually they'll be kicking on our end zone. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I did see a link online. Koshay, I can send it to you if you'd like. Um, so you can supply us in the hub with those batons. That'd be really cool. For sure. And I, I'm working on something kind of cool. You are? Yeah, I'm not going to say anything now. Have you told me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> do I know what it is? Yes. I don't think I do, but go ahead. Okay, well, I was working on it this morning. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So stay tuned for that. And be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Just look up Memphis Express Podcast. And you'll find it. Word. Oh, and I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but we're working on logo and new stuff coming out for our podcast. Yeah. New branding. Yeah. So right now, or at least this week, I don't know the timeline because it's kind of confusing, but the QB camp is happening. I thought you said it was done. I thought so too, but one of the GMs or the coaches tweeted out talking about like getting started on the QB camp today. More QB camp? More QB camp. Maybe well, they just had so many players that they had to extend Memphis it out. has at least 10, so. Yeah. <laughs> Shockingly, the AAF hasn't been real open about what's going on there. You guys didn't see it, but I rolled my eyes. And, uh, you know, in the past, they've been so 
inclusive of the fans and all the events like in the combines and everything going on so it's kind of shocking that they wouldn't uh honestly the more i think about it it's, it doesn't make any sense why is that because wouldn't you want there to be news and hype out there wouldn't you want people talking about it and it's hard to talk about something that no one has access to except for the fact that it's going on yeah i because like the NFL combines are televised like crazy. I was about to say we we've all seen the those combines. I yeah, mean, maybe not me, but <laughs> they're they're publicized. The media's there. It, it gives you so much uh, to talk about. You know, yeah. so many articles can be written. You can uh, us as the media, we can speculate about things. But by keeping us out, it's it's what the fuck can we talk about? Yeah, I feel like we've said the F word a lot in this pod this episode. I know this is a very explicit podcast. At least it is today. But I can't understand since this is the first one, they're just protecting themselves in case something happens that they weren't prepared for. They don't want that getting out. And then maybe next year, now that they have like, like what? I don't know. A drug scandal? I mean, like what could maybe <laughs> <laughs> what what could there possibly be that they wouldn't want us to talk about? I mean, I, I don't know. I And I'm, that's the thing, is like you can't prepare for every for every eventuality. Yeah, but wouldn't that add even more hype to it if there was something? I don't know. I, I think I'm just seeing my side of it. It's hard to see the other side. Yeah. but I think it's more of a CYA. Yeah. Uh, cover your ass if you don't know. If there's anyone that wants to give us an inside scoop. Yeah, for sure. We'll keep you anonymous. <laughs> we'll protect our sources. Of course. Yeah. So the QB camp happened. Happening. All the above. Ugh, okay. It's been going on over the past couple of days. And like the only real way we can figure out how well these players did is depending on when they get drafted. Yeah, you were saying that last night when we were talking about this. You said that we would be able to see how things went at the QB camp when the draft happens. Indirectly. Yeah, and I was like, how the fuck can we see that? And you were like, well, if Mettenberger's not picked up or protected, then we'll see. Or, you know, we yeah. can infer that he didn't have a good camp. Yeah, if nobody drafts him, then it could be that he has a noodle arm. <laughs> noodle arm. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have a kind of a new segment on the show. Another new segment? Yeah. We're going to be covering the events of the Memphis Express. Oh, cool. Like... Yeah. Um, this past weekend, they had a tent at Crafts and Drafts, ooh, ooh. which Michelle did as well. We did get to meet Victor and Becky Ho. Dr. Ho, excuse you. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. They were the first season ticket holders in the entire league, not just the Express. Yeah. So shout out to them. And then they were also at the meetup the, later on in that night. Wait a minute. What's up? At Crafts and Drafts, we also met someone that needs to be called out. Who's this? Khalil. Oh, yeah. Now oh. listening to our podcast. Yeah. What's up, Khalil? You have now incurred the wrath of the Express podcast. <laughs> so you better catch up. That way we can forget to apologize to you <laughs> for weeks on end. Yep. You should have listened in the first place and we'd have no reason to call you out. <laughs> Just ask Luke. He knows all about right, this. I was gonna say, Luke can attest to the fact that we will not apologize. <laughs> and Tina made an appearance, I hear. Yeah. She showed up to my booth and she was over at the Express, too, because she had just come from... Yeah, the Express earlier that day, was this Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were uh, volunteering with the Habitat for Humanity. And it was cool because there was even like a short little video about it. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, check out their social media because they posted a video on it. Yeah. Um, you can see tight end Brett Thompson and offensive tackle Trevin Wallace, who are both uh, on the roster for the Memphis Express. Oh, cool. And it was cool to see some of the people like the work for the team that were mm -hmm. there, too. Yeah, you can see Tina in the video yeah. doing her part and a bunch and of other people. Maybe Sam through the social media. Okay, there was one guy that looked really familiar. I'm like, where do I know him from? That's it. Yep, that's, that's it. The social media coordinator. So be sure to check that out. What neighborhood were they in? Uh, Cas 
Castelia Heights? Castelia Heights? Castelia Heights. Yeah. Uh, pretty much Orange Mound area. Yeah. yeah. But it's really cool to see the Express kind of put their money where their mouth is and actually take part in helping out with the community because that was something that they said they wanted to really focus on. And Cochet said at that first meeting that we went to um, that it was very important that they improve their community. So it was really cool to see them make that a priority and actually do it because there's so many times that someone will say something or they say they want to make the community a better place, but actually seeing them get together and do it before the season has started, you know, it's just really cool. Yeah. And every Thursday, you can find the team at Food Truck Thursday at Core Square Park. Yeah, there's a lot of cool food trucks there. Get some food, meet the Express. Yeah, obviously, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably going to be a little too late. You can be there next Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they said they're going to be there every Thursday, so hit them up. Even though it's like 40 degrees out today? Hey, Neither wind nor rain nor snow can stop the express. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know what the uh, the post office is saying is, but something like that. There you go. Um, oh, by the way, going back to crafts and drafts and the fact that I was there, it was freaking cold all day long, and it's November. I am kind of dreading being outside in February. Not gonna lie. Uh, I mean, I'll be there. With my little sure. light batons and everything. Well, you're not. Well, you're not going to be at the first game. Ugh. Anyway, I will be at the games outside in the cold, but it's going to be really freaking cold. We should like find some sort of Packers fans and ask them how the fuck they do that because it's just so cold. Definitely, and and whoever is in charge of the merchandise for the team, you need to get some beanies in that store. <gasps> they should do like express branded batons. They should. Yes. That's what they should do. Yep. We'd buy them. I'd buy it. Heard it here first, folks. The light batons. Or maybe. And I'll, beanies. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe you guys can buy that from me. Yeah. I'll put a podcast logo. <gasps> I should put a podcast sticker on it. We'll just buy them in bulk and put a logo on it. So if the team doesn't do it, maybe we will. <laughs> hey, maybe we should have our own beanies for the show. Whenever we get our new logo, we can put our, we can have some of our own merch. Oh, yeah. We should do merch. So we're trying to get a complete list of events so the fam- fans can come out and say hi. So stay tuned when we get that. And there's going to be another meetup soon-ish for the podcast. So the next thing is going to be the watch party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we have no info, which we have no information about. They are planning it. It will happen. The QB draft is on the 27th. So it's going to happen then. Okay. Uh, that night. Is it Tuesday? I don't know. Yeah, because the 27th is a Thursday. Well, if the 27th oh, is no, a I'm Thursday, sorry. then it's a Thursday. <laughs> the 29th is a Thursday. <laughs> okay. This is the 22nd. Let's verify for sure. 22nd, which is mm, a week from today. Tuesday night. But there will be a clothing drive coming up. Is that right? Huh? Oh, coat drive. Isn't that what it was? The coat drive. Is it? I don't know. I forget. There's something happening somewhere. There will be some sort of function where you can give back to the community. <laughs> so <laughs> the team will be doing some sort of event where you can give back to the community and some sort of drive. So the next bit of news. If you follow the AAF on Instagram, you may have noticed that they put out a few stories recently. But if you check, sorry, this is totally probably off topic. If you check their stories on Wednesdays, they come out with wallpapers. And there was a really cool one out yesterday. Did you see it? With I, the Express logo. Oh, on the yeah, football. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I hate the logo, but that wallpaper was pretty cool. It was a nice little touch. Yeah. But if you missed the Q&A session, did I mention it was a Q&A session? No, you Charlie didn't. Ebersol did a Q&A session on the stories. <laughs> oh, yeah, where he was walking back and forth on the field. Yes, and he had that like pensive look when he was talking about Bill Polian. But, you know, you can be just as pensive and stand in one spot. You don't have to walk back and forth across the field. Michelle hates the fact that people walk around. But, because it was like one shot, he was walking left. The, the next shot, he was walking right. I mean, he was literally just walking back and forth across the field. Like, 
it, it, it provided nothing. He could have just stood in one spot or or he could have like maybe the AAF logo was painted on the center of the field, you know, like they do. He could have like laid on top of the logo and it could have been drone footage and it would have been like marketing, boom, logo, AAF. I don't know. It would have been cooler than him walking back and forth across the field. Anyway, <laughs> it's for the drama of it. Ugh. So if you haven't realized it, because Michelle just saw this. Hey, hey, you don't have to call me out. Everyone calls me out. What is this shit? You call everybody else out. All right. Fine. Fair enough. The Alliance logo, the top <laughs> half is the letter A. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> and we also found out in the Q&A that the three stars is actually intentional. Yeah, I just thought it was like a generic three star thing. Yeah, but the three stars represents the fans, the players, and the game. That's the Alliance and then also Breakthrough and Technology. Okay, so what did Charlie tell us as he was walking back and forth across the field? <laughs> so he talked about where the games would be televised. CBS. And CBS Sports Network. Oh, cool. And also on the free Alliance app, which is going to be released in January. No way. Yes. Oh, January is so close. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Speaking of the app, the tech nerds in the AAF have opened up their API. What the hell does that mean? So I don't... I don't fully understand the technology, but essentially, like, you can have access to their database of information. So if you're building an app to for for the Alliance, like if you want to do your own app for whatever reason, okay. you can hook into their database and get their information. So I don't have to do everything from scratch, essentially? Yeah. Oh, cool. So you don't have to go and find out who all the coaches are, who, like, where they're playing, like, all that information. And you don't have to stay up to date of any changes. Because once the AAF updates their database, you get that information. How is it that the tech nerds are more open with their information than the league is as a whole? But if you are a tech nerd and you want to kind of dive into that, uh, go to aaf.engineering and they've posted their press release and all the information about that. And don't they have a blog? Yeah, it's all on there. Oh, cool. So the next thing, when will the uniforms be revealed? <laughs> Somebody heard three days. And got excited <laughs> and then posted it on the Facebook group. And this is before I saw it. Um, Three days, what? Yeah. And then I saw that. I'm like, holy shit, we're going to have two episodes this week because we've got to be talking about the uniforms. And then I listened to it and it's 30 days. Yeah. So within the next 30 days, we'll have the uniforms. All right. So I don't know if the, because I was predicting that they would reveal the uniforms during the draft. Because like in the NFL draft, Whenever a player gets drafted, they come up on stage and they get their jersey. That would be cool if they did that. Yeah. And that could be the big reveal. But 30 days is God, much longer. So that would be so cool if they did it that way. Yeah. I guess they won't, but maybe. I mean, technically, the draft is within 30 <laughs> days. Yeah. But they so wouldn't have be. said 30 days if it wasn't going to be within like a week. Yeah. They probably, and if it is at the draft, they should have just said it's going to be at the draft. So watch the draft to see the uniforms. Somebody asked, how did they choose the cities? And basically, they looked at the markets and they saw cities that don't have professional football and they thought they should. Except for Atlanta, Phoenix. He was talking about like San Diego, San Antonio, Memphis, or like cities that don't have professional football where there should be. Gotcha. And it was just about finding that football fandom to support the team. Who were we talking about? We were talking about someone recently, like where we think that they'll expand to. Oh, it was on our live stream. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody mentioned like expanding the league to 12 teams soon, which I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Just because I think we mentioned it before and we're talking to people with the Express and the difference between the Alliance and say like the USFL is that since the Alliance is all one entity, 
then each new team is an expense. They had to spend money to go into a new city to build it up. Whereas with like the USFL and other football leagues, each team was individually owned and operated. Team owners would have to buy into the league. So the USFL saw expansion as a source of revenue, whereas with the AAF, it's the major expense. Right. So they really had to justify before they expand. So that means that if we want this to expand, we've got to support it. Yeah. But if you're a listener, you probably already do anyway. So this might not be the right audience, but... Tell your friends, tell your family, like, get them on board. Buy the merch, get your season tickets. And make sure they subscribe to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, And then the last question was, what inspired you and others to create this league? And this is really, this is really awesome. So we've mentioned before, but like he said, there's 27,000 kids that come out of Division One football every year, but there's only 2,000 jobs in the NFL. So there's a lot of really good talent out there that don't have a place to play. Right. And that's where the AAF comes in. And it's a league of opportunity is one thing that really caught my attention. A league of opportunity. Yeah. For players to start their career or get back to the NFL. Oh, that's cool. Yep. And that's where you mentioned what the three stars of the Alliance means. Faith, family, and fun. Oh, my God. Fans, <laughs> football, and players. Or fans, players, in the game. All right. So that is the news. So actually, this episode is going kind of long. I think we'll cover the coaches next week. Yep. I knew and it. And then we'll leave off. Uh, we'll leave the episode here. Let's Just check. kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like, wait a minute. What? I thought we were getting to the coaches. Are we doing all the coaches? How many coaches are there? So we have currently... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven coaches. And that's the episode. Thank All you right. for coming. Uh, tip your waitress on the way out. <laughs> we'll be here every Thursday. So our head coach. Starting off at the top. Is Mike Singletary. And we talked about him back in episode four. So just head on back over there and take a listen. MemphisAAF.com slash four. So all of these coaches look really good. I mean, I'm really excited about them. But there is one notable exception. So we're going to cover him first, get past that, and then we're going to dive into the other coaches. The one I have the biggest question marks about is our defensive line coach, and that's Matt Singletary. That name sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, so he's the son of Mike Singletary. Nepotism much? Right. So he's 30 years old, the youngest member of the staff, and he's never coached before. Yeah, that, that, that does have some question marks there. So he played defensive end at Baylor. However, after college, he pursued an acting career. Wait, wait, wait. He was acting? Yeah. And not doing anything with football? And now he's our coach? Right. Hmm. So, obviously, he does know the game. He got to be a defensive end for Baylor, which is no small feat. He's a son of, you know, the legend Mike Singletary. So, at least something. Like, he grew up with football. Yeah, and he played, obviously. So, he's got some experience there, but it's been a while because, didn't you say he's 30? Yeah. And he played in college, so. Yeah. So, that's, um, it's the question mark. Did, did he get the did he get the job because he's the head coach's son or does Mike actually see a good coach in him? I guess we'll just have to find out. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So I trust that coach Mike would put the team first and choose the best coach for the job. And maybe that is Matt Singletary. That's what I'm hoping. Um, but it's just something that we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. So our defensive coordinator is a Mr. Dennis Thurman. Alrighty. He is highly decorated. So he played for the USC Trojans back in 74. So wait, wait, wait. Was he a Trojan man? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You liked it. And you know it. Um, But he was an All-American safety. And he was on the team when they won the 74 National Championship. Cool, cool, cool. Got drafted to the Cowboys in 78, where he played until 1986. Okay. Since then, 
He's been coaching all over the world, including NFL Europe. And his most recent stint was as the Bills defensive coordinator um, from 2015 to 2016. Oh. Yeah. Well, they were good. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. When they had like one of the best defenses. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How many times can we say yeah? <laughs> but I was just like thinking back to when you were watching Bills football. Dan's also a Bills fan. Um, and you were saying that like they've had the best defense. So yeah. That, that was, was a couple years ago. Dennis Thurman. Things have uh, kind of gone downhill oh, for them. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, who's next? So, moving on. The newly hired offensive coordinator. OC. <laughs> California. I don't know if we have the rights to sing that. I just think, well, like, less than a second of it. Here we come. Uh, Halmium. I think that has Oh, that's the mean name. guy. The, oh, yeah, yeah. The mean <laughs> guy. <laughs> he looks mean. The legacy, ooh. <laughs> so what's exciting about him is... Have Other you heard, than his mean face? <laughs> have you heard of the spread offense? No. Or ha- the air raid offense? Definitely not. So it's real big in college. It's a very um, high octane, essentially, if you want to use buzzwords, type of offense. So it's really quick and like it's all passing. Okay. It's really all passing. And with... Well, that's because rushing never works. <laughs> <laughs> so with the way this league is turning out with the shorter play clocks and just quicker overall game pace yeah his fast-paced offense i think is going to do really well oh cool yeah and then you have like stacy so whenever they do need to run it they do have a quality back as well as um kenny hilliard who's was also running back for the team okay so a lot of good talent there to kind of balance everything out so he is like one of the architects of this offense. Of the air raid offense? Yeah. All right. And so just being like the guy who came up with it is now our offense coordinator. That's really cool. Yeah. As well as a very decorated coach. Our quarterback's coach is David Lee. Okay. What do we know about Mr. David Lee? Um, so he played at Vanderbilt. So he's kind of a local guy. A local boy? Yeah. Vanderbilt is allocated to Memphis. He was a starting quarterback and was named the team MVP in 74. Interesting. He was a quarterback's coach in college for several years before becoming the offensive coordinator in 83. Where? At New Mexico. Okay. And then bounced around through different colleges as quarterback's coach and uh, offensive coordinator. He, too, coached for Buffalo Bills, who was a quarterback coach in 2012. Interesting. Yep. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just looked out and the next coach we're talking about was Captain Ty and Nuts. Yeah. (laughs) So they bounced around in the NFL... And ended up with the Browns back in 2017. And now he's with the Express. Yeah. All aboard. And finally, our running backs and special teams coach, Ty Knotts. Captain Ty and Knotts. Well, this guy thinks he's Captain Knotts. Thinks he's Captain Ty and Knotts. When everyone needs some Knotts tied, they go to him. So what do we know about Mr. Knotts? So he was the director of player development in 2009 and 2010 for the San Francisco 49ers. What the hell does that even mean? I mean, that sounds cool, but what does that mean? (laughs) So, I don't know. <laughs> okay. But he worked alongside Mike Singletary. Oh. When Singletary was a coach for the Niners. Interesting. So, there's that little little uh, work experience between the two. Alrighty. And he started his coaching career in Oregon Tech. And most recently, he was a defensive coordinator at Texas Southern uh, back in 2012. Okay. So, he's a few years out of the game, but he does have quite a bit of experience in football. Okay. So, that is our coaching staff as it currently stands obviously there's a few more position coaches we need to bring on but are there yeah like uh i think do we have a wide receivers coach that's crazy that each position (laughs) has its own coach i don't know if there's an offensive line coach 
It's so niche. Yeah. Because I, I just back when I was playing sports, there was just one coach. Might have been an assistant coach. <laughs> but I guess Pee Wee softball is a little different from a professional football league. Yeah, I don't think they have quite the budget that a <laughs> professional team would have. Or the specialty. Yeah. We did it. We did the coaches. Well, not did it, but you know what I mean. We covered the coaches. Finally. Yeah. So now we don't talk about that anymore. Yep. And if you wanted more information on the coaches, just go to the website, memphisaf.com slash coaches, and you can read all about them there, including their entire work history. Everything. Everything you need to know will be right there. What else you got? Uh, actually, I think that's it. Nuh-uh. For real? For real, for real. Finally. I'm just kidding. <laughs> In case we don't do an episode next week, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Be safe. Enjoy that turkey. Oh, and to put this out there, um, like Dan and I mentioned, we did a live stream on Instagram last week. Yes. Anyway, it was totally spur of the moment and it was fun. So if you want to join in the next one, make sure you follow us on Instagram. We plan on doing that more often. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So if you have any questions you want to send us, feel free to reach out to us on social media and let us know what you got. All right. But I think that's all for this week. So thanks for hanging out and enjoy that turkey. Dude, if Will Lewis emailed me, I would lose my shit.